Hi, welcome again to The Wrong That Made Me Right. I am Angela, and um, today's topic is going to be about divorce and marriage. I'm going to bring a couple of scriptures first um, out of the book of Proverbs. Now, Solomon wrote the book of Proverbs, and Solomon should know a lot about marriage because he had many, many, many wives. So, one of the um, scriptures I'm reading, Proverbs 18:22, um, it says, "A man who finds a wife finds a good thing." Also, Proverbs 21 and 9, "Better to dwell in a corner of a housetop than in a house shared with a contentious woman." So he had it, I'm sure, probably both ways. He had it where he had a wife that he thought was absolutely awesome, loved to be with but also a wife that he really didn't want to hang around with too much. And many of us who are married have felt that way, I'm sure, about our spouses at one time or another. Um, And I myself have went through a divorce. Um, My husband that I am married to now has also gone through a divorce. So he is my guest today, my great love of my life, David. So hello, my love. Hello. (laughs) And when we first met, I had already been divorced for a little while. You were recently divorced. Um, We both brought baggage to our new relationship, our marriage. Uh, Tell the people a little bit about how it was for you before meeting me and that stuff there. Uh, Well... Having been recently divorced and also having three children to care for, my focus was mainly on just taking care of my children and uh, also being a Christian, trying to maintain a uh, relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, Being newly single, that can sometimes be a little difficult, but uh, I just put it in my head that if God wanted someone else in my life, that it was going to be up to him to bring that person into my life. I wasn't going to be actively seeking anybody. And on my end, I made my decision that I also wasn't going to be seeking anyone, even though occasionally I did think, oh, Lord, when are you going to bring someone into my life? But then I'd be like, all right, I'm just going to focus on you, God, and I'm going to wait for you to bring someone into my life. Um, I know from my end, still trying to... um, get that relationship with God where it should be. Um, When I finally got to the point where my relationship with God was really good, then I felt, okay, I don't need a man in my life. All I need is God. And that's when God decided on my end to bring you into my life. So bringing both of us together was definitely a God thing. Yes, it is. Um, once again, I was not really actively seeking somebody. I uh, had three children to care for and maintaining uh, my relationship with Jesus Christ. I, I prayed one day and I just said, God, if it's just you and me, then I can handle raising these kids by myself. Obviously, God has a sense of humor. He's seen otherwise. I said, uh, no, you can't. <laughs> yeah, I came into from not being a mother to marrying you and having three children right off the bat. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we both came from failed marriages, 
And, yes. you know, you can look at a failed marriage and, and try to pin it all on one person, but it, it takes both to for a marriage to fail and for a marriage to work. Um, I know there was some infidelity in my marriage and your marriage both, so we mm-hmm. both had experienced that. Um, there was also bad finances um, in both of our marriages, so we mm-hmm. both experienced that, uh, which our next episode is going to be about uh, finances and, and how we managed to get through that. Um, what were some of the fears that you felt ca- came into our marriage when we got together? Uh, I think first and foremost, you always concerned with the children and how are the children going to be able to adapt to their, uh, their new reality of having uh, a stepmom. And how are we going to blend this all together and make this work? Uh, but also, you have things within yourself that you're you're trying to work through. And for me, one of my insecurities was being able to uh, safely share my thoughts and my feelings. Um, you know, when you, you go through a rough patch, uh, you have a tendency to close yourself off emotionally and avoid questions of what do you think, how do you feel about this? I I tried to avoid those questions. And uh, the first time that you asked me, how did I feel about this? And I honestly, I don't even remember what the question was. The first thing that hit me was fear because I was afraid to share my feelings with somebody. Um, But I realized that we had been some friends for some time, and as a friend, you were somebody that I can trust. And it, that made it easier to share my feelings with you and get over that fear. Yeah, and I think I had the same, similar thing in, in my relationship. So it's, it's important in a marriage that you are each other's safe place. Yes. That when you go to your husband or your wife, you're not going to feel like you're going to like your feelings or your your thoughts are going to be cut down. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm thankful cuz I have come to you with some crazy feelings and crazy thoughts, but you've never negated them. You've never said, you know, that's stupid or why do you think that way or why do you feel that way? Mm-hmm. And so you too have become my my safe place, you know, through all of this. Um any other fears that you you had? I, it was also financial. Um, mm-hmm. Money was tight, and uh, not knowing where do we stand financially once we become married, it's no longer your money and my money, it's our money. Mm-hmm. And how is it that I manage finances? How do you manage finances? Are we on the same page, or... Are we on completely different pages where one is a saver, one's a spender? Right. And we'll definitely get more into that on our next episode where we're talking about finances. Um, also, what I was thinking, too, from my end and my perspective was, you know, in my previous marriage, there was a, everything was put on my shoulders. I had to be like the leader because my ex wasn't. Mm-hmm. And so I had to be responsible for so many different things. And I was in that leadership role. 
And when it comes to a marriage, it wasn't meant to be that way. It was meant for the man to be the head of the household. And when I married you, I found it actually, surprisingly, very easy for me to become submissive to you and let you be the leader of the family. Mainly, I think, because you didn't treat me as an unequal, but you treated me as an equal, as a partner, that I had equal say. Um, Even though you had the final say, you took very much into what I felt and what I thought. But also I knew that as you being a righteous man, I knew you were going to pray about it. And so that I knew you weren't going to make a decision as some people do without actually seeking counsel from God. Mm -hmm. Now, how was it for you as far as that leadership? Uh, You know, for our society and many cultures, um, a wife is kind of put behind the man. They, they, the saying says that behind every great man is a good woman. Well, I kind of disagree with that. I don't think the woman should be behind us. She needs to stand next to her husband. She has equal say in all things. He has the final decision to make, and that's a heavy responsibility, and it requires prayer to be able to make those final decisions. But she has equal say in everything that goes on. You know, the Bible tells us that God made man from the dust of the earth, but the woman came from the man's body. He took a rib out of man and formed woman. Well, that means that she stands right alongside the husband, and she has equal say, and she is to be highly respected. And that made it easy for me because I already had a deep sense of respect for you even before we had ever started dating so when it came when we started dating and we eventually became married that made it a lot easier to know that I had you to walk beside me and not behind me yeah and just for um a funny story that our our children actually love to hear is you know when God brought us together it was really on prayer because I remember thinking, you know, I was always bad at choosing men. So I, me choosing a man was actually out of the question for me. Once I had that walk with God, it was God was going to have to bring me somebody because I didn't know how to choose a man. But when he brought you into my life, I really didn't think you were my type. And I prayed about it. You know, I said, you know, God, if this is the man you want me to be with, then have such and such happen. And it happened. I'm like, all right, God, if this is really the man you want me to be with, then have such and such happen, and it happened. And then I prayed a third time, if this is really the man you want me to be with, help me to see him with your eyes. And I remember actually falling in love with you before we even had our first kiss, before we even held hands, that, you know, that's just how God works when you're seeking him and making the right decisions. Um. And you prayed on your end, you said, for Mm -hmm. God to bring someone to you. Obviously, in our previous marriages, we didn't have that walk with God. Right. We didn't seek out God's approval. We just chose whoever we thought, you know, we wanted to spend the rest of our lives with. And Mm -hmm. we both had 
um, I don't know if you want to say made mistakes because I don't really want to call it a mistake. We actually learned something from those relationships right. and it brought us to where we're at now. And I think one of the big things that we learned, and, and hopefully you can learn this without going through a divorce, is you know what pushes your spouse's buttons. And to make a marriage work, to me, you don't push those buttons. Um, and it, it will avoid a lot of arguments. I mean, in the time that you and I have been together, I think we've had, we just celebrated our 13th year of being married, mm-hmm. and we've only had two disagreements. Right. We've never raised our voices to each other, but you can't say that about past marriages. You know, we, we've definitely have done a lot wrong in our past marriages, but it's learning from those things that have hel- helped us to have a better marriage now. And for those that have gone through divorce, um, you know, if you've gone through it more than once, then start looking at the common denominator, which is yourself. And maybe it's, it's you that you need to work on your relationship with God before you get into another marriage. Because I actually have gone through two divorces. And again, God was not in either one of those. So I really had to work on my relationship with God. Um, if you're in a marriage that you feel is not so good, there you can still work on it. You know, there's still time. Uh, that you hopefully can salvage it, especially when there's children involved, because the, the children definitely suffer mm-hmm. when parents are going through divorce. And we've seen that with the kids. Mm-hmm. We've seen how it's affected them and what they've had to go through. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel about um, what you had learned from your past marriage that you was able to bring into this one? to help make it better? I learned that first and foremost that as an individual, you have to have a solid relationship with Jesus Christ. You have to have a solid walk with God. And when you have that and your potential spouse also has a solid walk with God, when you do become married, Christ becomes the center of your relationship. And even out there right now, for those of you who are married and maybe things aren't going so well, you first got to check with yourself and check your own heart. What am I doing right and what am I doing wrong? Where can I improve my relationship with Jesus Christ? Because when that improves, then you can work on your marriage and you can improve your marriage. And hopefully your spouse is in the same mindset where they also want to have a closer relationship with God. And when those two focused people come together, Christ becomes the center of their marriage. And it takes a marriage from being good to being great. Yeah, and the other thing I think about is goals. Like everybody has goals. And your spouse should be the one that helps you to achieve those goals, not squish them out. And um, so not just being a safe place, but also being someone that can help you achieve those goals. When I was in my, my past marriage, I wasn't so concerned about what he wanted or what he needed but it was all looking at, well, what about me? What about me? And I think when we get to the point where we're focused more on ourselves instead of our spouse, 
that that's when marriages can start going downhill very quickly. Mm -hmm. And especially if you feel like you're the one that's always giving, 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 and the other person just keeps on taking, 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 that can be very, very difficult. And definitely in seeking some type of counseling, whether it be with your pastor or someone else that um, is, is certified to do that, can be very helpful to maybe help your spouse see um, what's going on if you're the one that's always giving and you don't feel like you're getting anything back. But I know that whenever I come to you with a, a crazy idea, hey, I got an idea to try, you've always been supportive of me and um, you've never shot me down. I mean, even with this podcast, you know, I thought it was kind of crazy to do and I wasn't quite sure what response I was going to get from you, but you were like, okay, if God's telling you to do it, you know, go ahead and do it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I too feel that I, I try to be supportive of your goals and the things that you like to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very important in a relationship is that you're, you're each other's not only safe uh, person to go to, but also they're your support. They're there to uh, help you and help there to help you uh, better yourself and help you to achieve goals in life instead of uh, trying to prevent you from doing things. So that is very important. Definitely. Um, One of the other scriptures that I was looking at earlier, I wanted to read to you because um, so much is put on, I think, certain emphasis on certain scriptures that I want to try to bring out the point of some of the other scriptures are actually in the same chapter. And we're looking at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22. The first scripture says here, um, verse 22, wives submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. So whenever women hear this whole thing of submission, right away for a lot of women, it can be that, well, I have my own mind. Uh, I'm not going to let him tell me what to do. And men look at it as, okay, I get to keep her under my thumb because this is what the Bible says. You're supposed to submit to me. And, you know, already we've talked about what you said. You know, the, the wife should be there walking next to you, beside you, not behind you. Um, so on verse 23, For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. So I remember in we did a counseling session with Bishop before we got married, and I remember specifically him saying, Angela, you have say in absolutely everything. Mm-hmm but David has the final say. And then he said words that were like music to my ears. He said, that way, if anything goes wrong, it's all his fault. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, you know what? I can live with that. (laughs) That way, if anything goes wrong, it's his fault. But, you know, obviously he was joking around, but it's it's true. Um, You know, you had the final say. All right, so on to verse 25. Um, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. 
So when I said, so husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. You know, a righteous man, which I look at you as a righteous man, I know that to your hurt, you would do anything for me. And that's something that gives me that sense of security to know that you're going to put my needs before your own, that you're going to protect me at any cost. And a lot of husbands, they don't really see this scripture. They see the wives need to submit, but they don't see that they are supposed to love their wives the way Christ loves the church and died for the church. Mm -hmm. You know, if you ask a husband, would you die for your wife? Probably automatically they would say, well, yes, I love her. Of course I would die. But would you do it daily? Is it something that you would give of yourself and give up things daily for your wife to have whatever she needs that day? Right, right. Two, I think one, two of the most important things uh, in a marriage of what husbands and wives need. For women, the number one most important thing for them is security. They need to know that as a husband, you love them, that you're there to provide for them, you're there to support them in their goals and their aspirations, uh, but also there to uh, support them emotionally. And for men, with the scripture that says uh, for wives to be subject to their husbands, it's not that you're going to be a slave to him, it's that you're going to have respect for him. For a man, the most important thing for a man is to know that his wife respects him. And if the wife has respect for him, the children will have respect for him. Mm-hmm. Also, what you touched upon is uh, that in that love for his wife, that a man is to sacrifice himself. He is to be the servant to his wife, his children, his household. Now, we all have heard the old saying that uh, uh, the man is the the king of his his castle. I'm the man. What I say goes. Well, yeah, the man does have final say in all the decisions. However, Christ was not like that with the church. He was not the kind of leader that says, what I say goes. He was a servant leader. If you read the scriptures, everything he did was in service to others. Well, that's how the uh, husband is supposed to be for his wife and his children and his household. He's supposed to be the servant for them and not just the king to say, it's my way or the highway. Yeah, and we've definitely seen examples of that in our own family of people saying it's their way or the highway, unfortunately. So um, just in closing here, because we're getting towards the end, um, what would you say to a man that either has gone through divorce or is looking to marry in the future? What would you say to them? First and foremost, it's, it's a very, very difficult time in your life. And... Some married men are about to be divorced. Uh, 
will say, well, you know, it's it's not that bad. You can be single again. Well, single life isn't all that is cracked up to be. And I think a lot of people that have spent any time in their life being single for a long period of time will say this is this is not easy. Uh, first and foremost, let Christ be the center of your life. Focus on your relationship with Jesus Christ. Stay focused on him, and in time, God will bring the right person into your life. And for the, the young people that aren't married yet, definitely the same thing. You know, mm-hmm. stay focused on Christ and let God bring someone. Don't just be going out and, and looking. And um, for women, it, especially if you have children, it might be different. Uh, lots of times uh, children are left with the woman. Um, in your case, you actually had joint custody, so mm-hmm. it, that was, you know, nice for you. Um, and getting out of a, a, a situation when you have children isn't always that easy. You sometimes feel that you have to stay just to have that support or the, the financial support that you need. Again, seek counsel with your pastor or someone that you trust. And um, just let God guide you. Um, God is... <laughs> everything that we need without him things just aren't going to fall into place but when we have him there you know guiding us and leading us we're going to make better decisions we're going to be in the right place at the right time we're going to be on the road that he wants us to be on and and that's what the whole goal that's what the whole purpose of this life is is to be on the road that God has for us and yeah we're going to get distracted Yes, we're going to make the wrong decisions and we're going to get off track, but God has a way of gaining us back on track Mm -hmm. if we just turn back to him and just let him guide us. So um, I want to thank everyone for listening. And uh, next week we will have part two, which will be us talking about our financial issues that we went through and how we came through that with God's help and uh, what we used to do that. And I just want to thank my husband for helping me with this and for being my guest today and for next week. Um, And do you want to pray or do you want to hear me pray? You want me to pray. All right. Lord Jesus, thank you for this time that we had together. And I pray, Lord, that you'll just encourage those out there that are having a difficult time with their marriages. I pray, Lord, that you'll just guide them and give them strength to carry on and keep on trying. And for those that are single out there, Lord, I pray that you'll help them just to be patient, to wait for the right one that you have for them. And I just give you glory and honor and praise for all things, Lord. And I I thank you, Jesus, for my husband. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, Also, um, we wanted to mention the book that we both really enjoy. It's called The Five Love Languages, and it is written by Gary Chapman. And so what the five love languages are is um, physical touch. And do you remember the other ones? Quality time. Quality time, yeah. Gifts. And oh, acts of service, acts of service, and words of affirmation. Words of affirmation. So those are the five. And what's really cool about this book is that in the back there is a questionnaire for men and for women. So there's two different questionnaires. And if you take that questionnaire in the back of the book, it will tell you what your main love language is and what your secondary is. And then that way you can know what yours is. You can know what your spouse is or your significant other. And then you can just, you know, read those chapters in the book on those love languages. And it helps to communicate love to your significant other, your spouse. So then that way you're both feeling loved. And I think it's really, really important in a marriage that 
you are feeling loved for it to work. So thank you again for your time, and I hope you have a great day. Thanks.